You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for the week of August 24th, 2023. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where the only thing we know about bail bondsmen, we learn from Jackie Brown. It's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Yeah. That's right. Jackie Brown. Good movie. Great movie. Great cast. Great movie. Great writer. And it does have a bail bondsman in it. It does. He plays a prominent role. The only other one I can think of is is Midnight Run, which is also a great cast, great role, terrific. But yeah, you know, but we we've never been to a bail bondsman, I, as far as I know. I don't know. I don't. No. You know, I have nothing against them. They're I'm sure they're lovely people who provide they, a necessary sure they service. They serve an important role in the community. Yeah, <laughs> among, among former New York City mayors and, and yeah. the like, and, and the them, like, and, and them folk. And today, just for our friends on the coasts. We're going to discuss a term the coastal elites may not have heard of, and that phrase is corn sweat. Corn sweat. Corn sweat. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Did you know that when it gets hot, corn, yes, corn actually sweats, just like people, just like people. And when it gets very hot, corn sweats a lot. It's true. A single acre of corn can pull up to 4,000 gallons of water out of the ground. And that's just in one day. Every day. Every day. Guess where that water goes? It goes out into the air in in the form of corn sweat. That's right. It 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 comes back to nature and it's sweated right back out into the air. Yes, when it's when it's hot. Mm-hmm. And we live in the middle of thousands of acres of corn, mm-hmm. which is why when the thermometer here, as it is doing today, hits one hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heat index, with all that steamy corn humidity in the air, uh-huh. will be closer to 110, 115, somewhere yeah. in there. And so we are indoors today. Yeah, we are not going anywhere today. Anywhere. It's, I can, I, as everyone knows, I record in a little closed closet with my head in the door that has an exposed wall on the outside. I can feel the heat on my feet. So it's <laughs> bloody hot outside. But thanks for the segue, Blue Gal. Speaking of steamy... Mr. David Brooks of the New York Times wrote a, a profoundly stupid column about marriage last week, which I uh, wrote about. Is the bloom off the rose with his intern or something? I I kind of think so. I mean, every Uh-oh. every David Brooks column is about something going on in his screwed up weirdo life. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's always the case. This column followed his tremendously stupid column in which he feigned insight uh, into the motives and desires of us real folks, Americans out here, who (laughs) live where the corn sweats, which he does not have and never never shall. But, sorry, Blue Gal, we have no time. There's no time for this because it was debate night in America, baby. So let's get into it. All right. Well, yeah. In addition to that, Drift Glass, though, there was plenty of exciting courtroom action as well. True. True, true. Plus, the lords and ladies of the mainstream media have once again collectively embarrassed themselves to the point where their careers should have ended. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was really uh, impressed and stunned uh, at the same time by Oliver Darcy's column at Reliable Sources this week talking about Fox. Uh, and, and not just about Fox, because anybody can point at Fox and say, you're conservative hacks, you're a propaganda network. Right. 
Oliver Darcy pointed at everybody else and said, yeah. why are you letting them get away with it? And yeah. I thought we were the only ones that did that, Drift Glass. Well, you and me and Keith Olbermann, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, and well, now Oliver Darcy. And here's what he said, floundering over Fox, quote, it is the year 2023 and news organizations are still failing in their coverage of Fox News. And he goes on to talk about the Dominion lawsuit and how it was proven in court that Fox News lies to their own audience. Not all that we time. don't all know that, uh-huh. but it is legitimately proven in court that this happened. There is evidence of that. It's not just someone, some liberal's opinion. But most, and this is going back to Darcy, quote, most outlets still haven't worked up the courage to describe Fox News as a right-wing channel. The WAPO on Tuesday didn't even refer to the outlet's primetime block of Donald Trump propagandists in such terms. It merely described the channel's evening programming as, quote, conservative leaning. (laughs) Yeah. Calling that language weak would be generous. It should not be difficult or controversial to describe Fox News as right wing. It is not an opinion to call Sean Hannity a MAGA propagandist. These are facts, perhaps uncomfortable facts, but they are facts. Facts that major news organizations, such as the WAPO, have the responsibility to grapple with. Mm -hmm. And this is when I have to quote Drift Glass and say, oh, sweet summer child. Oh, yes. Oliver Darcy (laughs) suggesting that the Washington Post has to grapple with Fox Mm -hmm. being a conservative network. Uh, Oliver Darcy continues, instead, they inexplicably (laughs) punt the football. Oh, no. Again, Oliver Darcy, we have an explanation. There is no inexplicably about it. No, it's uh, let's put a pin in that inexplicably because we're going to get back to that. (laughs) Okay. For about 730 episodes or more, we have been getting back to the reason why the mainstream media is the way it is and does what it does. And this horrible, awful, sickening story Uh, out of Milwaukee, uh, leads to another sickening story out of Milwaukee that's almost been buried under all the other awful stories. This one we're going to call In This Upscale Milwaukee Diner. (laughs) Um, Because that's exactly what it is. Uh, Reporters breaking bread with some of the worst Trump hacks and surrogates in the world. Uh, Some sort of unholy ritual where pudding packets, literal pudding packets, were handed out instead of communion wafers. You know, eat this in remembrance of all the fun you had when Donald Trump was president. Remember that fun? Remember how much fun you had? Here, here's a pudding thing. These were pretend reporters like CNN's Dana Bash and the New York Times' Shane Goldmacher. There was soon-to-be-the-new Chuck Todd, Kristen Welker. There was Bob Costas of Bob Costas fame. There was Finn Gomez, who is the political director for CBS News. There was Dasha Burns of NBC, whose LinkedIn page says, quote, prioritize truth, prudence, and empathy while working to produce powerful, useful, and meaningful news and feature content, which made me laugh and laugh and laugh when I read it. There's Rachel Scott, the congressional correspondent for ABC News. There's Rick Klein, who is the political director for ABC News. There's Josh Dossey of The Washington Post, Rob Crilly the White House correspondent for the Washington Examiner, Mario Parker, White House and politics editor for Bloomberg, and David Chalian, political director for CNN. All these people huddled around the worst scum in America. And this in is a um, steakhouse called Rare. Called Rare. It's rare. But it is, in essence, an upscale Milwaukee diner. Yes, it is. And they were all there to do what they've been sending the reporters out to do for eight years now, seven years now, 
which is check on the, the heartbeat of the Republican Party. What do they really think? What do they really want? Except I don't think that's why they were there. This yeah. is from this is from friend of the pod, Charlie Pierce. Hey, Charlie. Quote, but what are the people in my business doing? Sharing ha-has with these scurvy bastards in the employ of a treasonous indicted felon. And that's not even to mention Jason Miller, who is beyond even my gifts for invective, which I must say are considerable. This is not only a throwback to the days when the Alsops were cozy with the spooks who lived in their neighborhoods, or Ben Bradley and JFK and Sinatra and Nixon. It's the Georgetown set with cutting edge technology, but it's also worse because the people with whom these reporters are slow dancing are infinitely worse. These are people who are willingly working to elect a treasonous, indicted criminal to the presidency again. There is no possible excuse for this. We've all had almost eight years to know what these people are about. And we've had seven years to learn that this malignant operation is not a conventional campaign with conventional goals and a respect for political and social conventions of any kind, unquote. Well, Charlie, if I had to guess, and I'm in a guessing mood, I'd guess they're hedging their bets. Come January 2025, as I'm sure you know, Donald Trump might well be strolling back into the White House. And should that happen, none of these clowns wants to be on the gulag or the private plane suddenly falling out of the sky list. That's what they don't want when the fascists take over. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, anyone could have told them oh, yeah. on our side of the, I don't know, we don't know what side to call it, <laughs> of reality. Pro-reality, yeah. On the side of, rea- of the reality-based community mm-hmm. that... You know, Jason Miller and his uh, brother-in-arms, Stephen Miller, would be happy to grab a bone saw and go after you. Yeah. If you cross the Fuhrer. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, no, no second thought. Yep. You're making friends with people who want to do you harm. Yeah. And who will. Given and half a will. chance, who will. And you're enabling them. You yeah. are enabling them to do the very thing that you don't want them to do, which is maddening because none of these people... Who, who make the decisions to suck up to these monsters are ever interviewed regarding their decision to suck up to monsters by anyone right. in their business because right. everyone depends on them for their job. But I'm well, sorry. And, I and I did want to say something about Kristen Welker because when it was announced that she was going to replace Chuck Todd, um, the universal opinion among my colleagues is, well, that's, that's just moving one bad person for another. Yeah. Kristen Welker is a <clears throat> stenographer. within the White House correspondence room. Right. And so the fact that they were moving her away from the White House and into this now utterly meaningless seat at Meet the Press Uh seemed like a good thing. Right. (laughs) You know, maybe they can put a competent person who's not just going to repeat talking points or read press releases uh, and and just put her in a seat where she's interviewing Asa Hutchison every week. Um, But... Going to this dinner and and breaking bread, as you say, taking a free meal. Yeah, with these awful, awful people. And and you can almost hear the conversation going on. I think there's probably some provincialism going on there of, oh, God, we have to eat dinner in Milwaukee. Well, it's okay. Jason's having a party at this restaurant called Rare. And uh, Dana Bash is going and Kristen Welker's going. Bob's going to be there. Uh, you know, Finn Gomez, is, he says he's going and you know, Dash isn't since Dasha Burns is going and we all know 
she prioritizes pr- truth, prudence, and empathy. Sure. So it'll be fine. We don't even we don't know where we're going to eat otherwise. So let's all go have dinner on Jason Miller. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> I appreciate your rosy optimism on this subject, but Jason Miller no, I mean, is not rosy optimism. It's it's bullshit. It's the fact that they are forced to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, for this debate. And so it's just insider talk. And Jason Miller is somebody they all know professionally instead of treating him like the Nazi that he is. And, you know, it doesn't matter that he slipped an abortion pill in his girlfriend's drink because he's buying dinner. And this all happened, as I understand it, across the restaurant from the DeSantis people. Oh. So it's it. It is, it just, it, it is, I agree with Charlie Pierce. No surprise. This should never have happened. There's inexcusable. And the fact that the people involved, these aren't just, you know, flat-footed, you know, shoe leather reporters. None of them are that. No, no. These are news directors and people who hire reporters. Right. And that they fa- they can't see anything wrong with this. Yeah. Is yeah. everything that's wrong with this. Um. Anyway, moving on to Mr. Jacob. Yeah. Uh, there's this from Mark Jacob, former editor at the Chicago Tribune who's talking about a WAPO story by Jeremy Barr about Fox News, is an embarrassing puff piece. At first, when I read the headline, I thought WAPO hadn't learned a thing. But after reading the story, I think it's worse than that. It's an active rehab effort for a propaganda network. Most puff pieces aren't this puffy. WAPO quotes two people calling Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, quote, people of substance, unquote, and quote, the dream team, unquote. But no one is quoted criticizing the Fox hosts or their employer, which is a right-wing op trying to influence politics rather than report on it. It's infuriating to see the Washington Post try to rehabilitate the image of Fox News, which is a stain on journalism that's been caught red-handed trying to undermine the legitimacy of our elections. Yet WAPO treats Fox as a legit news outlet. Why? Are they in the same club? Hmm. Unquote. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, like me, are paid to check out what Fox is doing, Uh um, this week was a horror story. The flood of lies about Joe Biden in Hawaii and the dog. Right. And the dog. And and a two-second clip of what was a multiple-hour hugging 200 people meeting full of empathy, full of support, full of commitment to helping these these poor people whose whose whole basis of life has collapsed under fire, actual fire. Mm -hmm. And Fox News lied about Biden, but lied about Hawaii as well, lied about everyone in that community. Yep. Yep. And it just... To treat them legit and as a legitimate news source, it doesn't matter to anyone in the Beltway press that Fox gets sued for a billion dollars. No, for, not at all. It does, hundreds of millions of dollars doesn't matter. If their ratings are number one, we have to treat them with deference. Mm-hmm. It's all about ratings. And that's all this this crap about, I mean, you, I, I'm coming back to it for the third time. But that, you know, mission statement, prioritize truth prudence and empathy while working to produce powerful, useful, and meaningful news and feature content. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, bullshit. You wouldn't, re- you wouldn't recognize it if you had a map and a and a local guide that right. was right next door. This, right. They're so far 
gone. They're so mm-hmm. irretrievably mm-hmm. lost. And what I have noticed, and I'm, I know you've noticed too, is that nobody in the executive suites of any media corporation that I'm aware of has ever broken bad on their own business. Nope. You know, you you and I talked off uh, as we were prepping for the show about bad bosses. We've had bad bosses. Yeah. We've put Both up with them. Both of us have had bad bosses. Yeah. Horrible bosses. Really awful bosses. And we've kept our mouth shut or we've gone along with it or gritted yep. our teeth. Yep. The difference is none of our jobs involved doing what journalism is supposed to do, which is tell you what's going on behind closed doors. Tell the public, inform the public about the what the lies they're being told or the people who are who are off camera doing secret deals. The problem is the people who are charged with doing that are the ones doing it. The people mm-hmm. who are charged with telling the public what the hell they're being told in public, keeping us informed are the very people who were sitting down to dinner with Jason Miller because they don't shit, they don't fucking care. Yeah. And yeah. the top of that list, this wasn't the worst of the week, but this just put me over the top is that who did the New York Times, the Schultzberger family at the New York Times dig up to opine about Donald Trump's electability chances. And here's the quote. I don't think Trump will be not the nominee, but you'd really do the country a solid if you could get Democrats to stop indicting him, which is such a poisonous, awful lie that it has to come out of the mouth hole of Ann Coulter. That's In right. In the New York Times. New York Times, Ann Coulter, writing an opinion piece for a newspaper, she said she once regretted that Timothy McVeigh had not blown up. Wow. That's how far down the shithole the Schulzberger family has fallen, that they're dragging in people like her and Brett Stevens and David French and all the rest of these clowns, giving them free reign to say whatever the fuck they want, because who cares? The, the tide will never rise high enough to affect the dainty toes right. of right. in this place. So who the fuck cares? And the water, the, the polluted water goes all the way down to us people out here in the sweaty corn area. Because I was on the very last citizens advisory board for the local Republican rag, the only local newspaper, the Capitol newspaper that was at the time syndicating Ann Coulter stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. asked the editor in front of everybody else, like, why the fuck are you syndicating Ann Coulter? And she looked at her feet and she looked at her sky and she looked in her heart at her boss, who I'm sure that's where the decision came from and said, well, uh, it's, it, it's for balance. Like balance with who, who on the left is as bad as Ann Coulter. Mm-hmm. And she bum fud and said, like, I don't know, David, somebody, somebody who, oh, Leonard Pitts, you know, got to have balance for Leonard Pitts. And I just looked around the room and even the people who were there who were Republicans were like, come on. Ann yeah, Coulter, really, really. You could Just do better than Ann Coulter. Coulter. No, was, they want Ann Coulter. Right. The, the old ladies living in bungalows around this community. Want Ann Coulter. Who have a Trump sticker on their car and go on next door every time a black person walks down their alley. Uh-huh. Want Ann Coulter in their newspaper. And everyone knows it, which is yep. why those assholes were having dinner with Jason Miller. Yep. Because yep. that's who they're trying to sell their media slop to. I, I'm really glad, Driftglass, that you got through that whole Ann Coulter thing without saying the C word once. Congratulations. Coward? Craphead? <laughs> I, I prefer Gorgon. I think Gorgon, Gorgon. is a nice, uh, a nice thing, uh, a nice little addition there. And now let's move on to the thing all these people were supposed to be covering in the first place. Wednesday night's GOP debate, which Donald Trump clearly won. <laughs> and how creepy was it to start with... Oliver Anthony's god-awful ballad of the aggrieved white man. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only swear in the debate. I was hoping Chris Christie would let fly with a couple of fucks and assholes, but he just melted. 
like you yep. know a Hershey bar in the sun. Instead, the word shit appeared in that asshole's lyrics, and that was the only swear of the night. So that was pretty exciting. Except at our house and everybody else's house, right? Where I was drinking mellow corn whiskey and going, I can't believe I'm watching this bullshit. Um, <laughs> and and they spent the first 15 minutes talking about something that no Republican cares about. Right. Budget deficits. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess the U-lines care about it. Right. I guess the billionaire donors care about cutting spending. Sure. And right. I I, I, it's regrettable that the first part didn't just say this portion brought to you by Ken Griffin, Rupert Murdoch <laughs> and the Uline family, because what they want are massive cuts to government spending, In social spending, not social military spending. spending no, 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 spending. social yes. spending that can then go into tax cuts for the Ulines and the Griffins and all the rest of them. Right. Uh, right. So there was this whole thing about deficit, schmefficit and how many trillions and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop. And as you noted, only Nikki Haley, only Nikki Haley said, hey, Republicans are the ones creating these deficits. And, you know, she's never going to get the nomination with that no, attitude. No, someone's got to sit down and have a little talk with her <laughs> about her attitude towards the party. Well, and especially when, when the video clip was then tweeted by Joe Biden yeah. as what she said. Yeah, my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> um, and as you noted, that Nikki Haley is basically trying to run um, the Mitt Romney campaign plus the uh, Republican autopsy. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. Uh, it, it that that party died. That party's been dead a really long time. As Mitt Romney found out, that doesn't work. Um, one of our listeners uh, passed along this headline from the Huffington Post, which is kind of small, but it's important to get us into this conversation. Which is the headline from the Huffington Post: Vivek Ramaswamy busted for swiping old line from Barack Obama, which is true and completely irrelevant because for the Republican base, remember. Everything that went on there was for the benefit of the Republican base, for Republican media, and for billionaires who pay for the whole thing. And the Republican base that degausses its memory every 36 hours, Obama was a million years ago. We don't mm-hmm. want to talk about Barack Obama. We we barely want to talk about Joe Biden, except Hunter Biden's laptop and his senility. They have no memory of anything that happened before today. So right. mentioning that uh, that there was a guy named Barack Obama who did something similar on the stage – is kind of, you know, that's fine, it's true, but it doesn't matter because these people are reprogrammable meatbags. I do think that every time you see another indictment or a mugshot or a perp walk playing what if Obama did it right. is kind of amusing yeah. <laughs> to me. I'm yeah. just doing it for myself. Yeah. But, you know, um, and I wanted to hat tip Chalice Montgomery on Twitter who said, <laughs> Doug Burgum's interview for energy secretary went well. Yeah, it went extremely well. He's <laughs> going to get that job. And he really wants to win that car. He really does. Um, now That truck. That I think truck. he wants to win that pickup truck. Yeah. Yes. Well, although he does apparently spend most of his time galloping through the wilds of his state on horseback, like a minor <laughs> Taylor Sheridan character in Yellowstone. So, uh, which was part of his closing remarks, which, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get on to the, the, the sort of the meta commentary on debates themselves, but... For the moment, I just want to say that here's the fundamental problem the GOP is having. They cannot do what Billy Bean did with Jason Giambi in the movie Moneyball or in the real life uh, experience that that movie is based on. They mm-hmm. cannot create Trump in the aggregate. Right. Cannot- and you might want to explain to people who haven't seen Moneyball that Billy Bean is a uh, baseball uh, manager. Manager. He's the manager. Uh, and he Oprah. puts together teams based on who gets on base. Well, not anymore. 
I mean, this no, is but he this, did in the movie, right? And this was back in the day when people were still saying, you know, bat swing looks good on base, and and he came to the table with the sabermetrics approach to baseball, which is right. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters are the numbers. What yep. matters are what does this guy do for us? Does he get on base? That's all I care about. Does he get on base? And how many times does he get on base? Mm-hmm. We can't afford the big players. Right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna get rid of. Uh, Giambi, who's now gone, we're going to recreate him with a bunch of imperfect players who, in the aggregate, can simulate we'll get on what base. They did. Right? They're going to stop stealing right. because all we want to do is get on base, get to second, get to third, and get home and get a point. That's it. And and it's said, not about the glamour of how you look sitting on second base and no. then stealing. No, we it, want to win. <laughs> it's about. Economic yeah. principles. It's about running the numbers right. on how many runs do you need to buy to get to this point in the season. And Republicans right. cannot do that because you can't. With, they, re- can, they can't replace Trump with four little guys. Right. Right. They can't, it's it's going to end up being one person. Right. And so that one person is going to have to do what Trump did in miniature. And all of them on the stage were fighting to piece together some elements of Trump so they could move themselves, let's face it, to second or third place. That's what right, they're fighting right. over. Because Trump is right. still sweeping the field. And honestly, they were pathetic at doing that. The only yep. person who who figured this shit out was Vivek Ramaswamy. Because yeah, he has figured it out. You're right. Yeah. And he he has figured out how to do what Trump did, which is not a particular word or phrase or inflection or anything like that. It is Donald Trump, and we have been saying this since 2015. We yes, were, we've we been have. saying this since he came down the fucking escalator and warning people this was coming. That all he did, now he's a billionaire, but he's not really, and he was famous for being on The Apprentice, which I understood. But all he really did was listen to Rush Limbaugh, yep. listen to Newt Gingrich, listen to Sean and watch Hannity, Fox. and watch, watch Fox, Fox, watch Fox all, all day long, yeah. and learn what the base wanted to hear, which these ratings driven monsters who were feeding these people poison for decades and listen to what the base really wanted. And he figured out the base of the party has nothing to do with the people running the party. The people mm-hmm. running the party want balanced budgets and cutting federal spending and getting rid of social security and blah, 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 blah. And the base are a bunch of racist meatheads who hate immigrants and want him to kick the shit out of liberals and attack gay people, and hate trans people, and want to build a fucking wall. That's right. what they care about. And he told them what they wanted to hear, and yep. they loved him for it. And that's yeah. all Rama. Everything that comes out of Vivek's mouth is bullshit. He doesn't believe any of it. He doesn't believe but- any of it, but he is very good at throwing Republican red meat jello at the wall. Absolutely. As fast as possible. Pew, pew, pew. Uh-huh. And you cannot... Your ear can't keep up with the speed at which he's talking, but it doesn't matter because the base will hear there are only two genders. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And he's touching in the animal brain, the the ganglia that need to be touched to say, yeah, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. And Climate so, change is a hoax. Climate change is a hoax. Yes, exactly. Short and so uh, claiming also claiming the Constitution inspired the revolution. While at the same time, insisting on civics tests for people is absolutely on brand. That is a Trump thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked a little bit about Chris Christie trying to call him up by saying, I read your book. Yeah. 
and your uh, book doesn't say any of this. Like, no, it doesn't. He just brushed him aside. Like, right. I don't, doesn't I don't need to have any facts no. about anything. My past is nothing. My past well, is I, everything they want it to be. And that's it. And that's what, you know, Obama that's what Trump did. did. That's what Obama did successfully with Mitt Romney. I read yeah. your book in your yeah. book. You say this about healthcare. Now you're saying it. And Romney just said, nope, 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 nope. And there was a moderator on hand to yeah. adjudicate this. Right. And made Romney look like a fool because he was lying. But what Vivek has learned by studying, I forget who I, where I heard this, studying the market and not, he doesn't, he doesn't create a product and then go looking for customers. He goes out, looks what the customer wants and builds the poison that he, he knows ah. they want to hear. And so they don't give a shit about this stuff. So anytime anyone brings up a fact about his past, the whole thing about um, 9-11 trutherism. I never right. said that. Never right. said that. Well, it's on tape. Like it fucking matters to these people. Yes, right. Nothing. Ma- haven't you figured out nothing fucking matters? They're not functional human being adult uh, people yeah. anymore. Will, will, ro- the, yeah. The question is, will Vivek Ramaswamy make liberals mad? Yes. That and, is still to be determined. Well, and, and one thing he w- got early uh, was this rule about 30 seconds. If anybody yeah. talks about you, we'll give you 30 seconds. Oh, that's great. So I'll be an asshole, uh, interrupt everybody, and I'll jump into everybody's shit, and then they'll they'll yell at me. I'll say, well, they mentioned me. So yeah. he's gathering 30-second bits here, there, and here, yep. there. And he came in with a bunch of stuff he wanted to say, and he said them. Yeah. And the the opposite of that was Chris Christie. Yeah. Because for for – 17 years, Chris Christie has been lumbering around the country going, I'm going to be Donald Trump's doom. And the media has been saying, this is the guy, man. He's going to get in there. He's going to punch up. He's going to do amazing things. And so everybody knew it was coming. Yeah. You'd have to be. And so the minute he starts going off, Vivek comes back with, you know, uh, you're all about Donald Trump's vengeance and grievance. But all you do is talk about vengeance and grievance against Donald Trump. Boom. Chris Christie down for the count. Yes, absolutely diminished yeah. by that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so he's building himself a Trump replica, denying all who he is, all of his history. Listen to what Rush Limbaugh programmed to the base mm-hmm. and feed it to them. Right. On the other hand, you've got Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah. Good old every Mike. time he opens his mouth is quoting the Bible, talking about his Christianity. Yes. And. If you're running for in the Iowa caucus in 2012, that might have worked. Fantastic. Great job, Mike. Yep. yep. <laughs> but uh, Christian, so-called Christian evangelical Republicans in 2023 uh, have replaced Jesus Christ with Donald Trump. That's right. That's, that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And you know this from the story of pastors hearing complaints from their parishioners. Yeah. Of why are you saying this woke stuff? Well, I'm just talking about the teachings of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, we don't like that. Weak bullshit. That's we weak, weak bullshit. bullshit. They, yeah. they don't say bullshit to their pastors, but that's no. weak. Mm-hmm. And we need to be strong for America. For America. We, for America. This is different and times. So, yeah. And, and so these white nationalists do not worship Jesus because Jesus teaches meekness and love your neighbor. Uh-huh. And... Uh, so Trump is their savior. Right. And right. that is why they're having such a hard time uh, dealing with Trump losing and registering that maybe they need to switch candidates mm-hmm. because their faith is in Donald Trump. That's right. That's their religion. We have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so here, the fact that Mike Pence sat at the feet of Donald Trump for the entirety of his administration, right? Right. Doesn't, Doesn't count matter. Because he's the Judas. On he's January Judas. 6th, he became Judas. That's right. He thinks he's Paul. He's actually Judas. Yeah. And that's and why they want you see that in town halls. And to Mike Pence's credit, Mike Pence stands up to questions of that in town halls. Sure. He still does town halls because mm-hmm. he's running as a 2012 candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and the woman who said to him, if you had only. Right. We wouldn't have to deal with President Joe Biden, who's Satan. I, I forget where I heard this. I think it's probably Pod Save America. or uh-huh. But it's, it's Mike Pence has the unfortunate problem of even when he's being impromptu, he sounds rehearsed. He sounds rehearsed, yeah. And he sounds, I mean, he, he got his speaking style out of the 1950s. So he talks very slowly and he mm-hmm. puts dramatic pauses where nobody gives a shit about his dramatic <laughs> pauses. I put my hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible and Jesus said <laughs> to me. That was a line that just blew me away yeah. because as you say, more than 50% of the voters in this country were not born oh. when Ronald Reagan they was president. Give a shit. And you know what? The Republican Party doesn't give a shit about John Ronald Reagan. Ronald they rejected- Reagan. They uh-huh. did. They, they they dined on Ronald Reagan for decades. Yep. And it's yep. over. And people like Newt Gingrich and Mike Pence don't understand that. Well, and I got to I gotta tell you something just between you and me. I'm going to whisper into the microphone. <laughs> what the, is it, Drift Class? The Jesus they believe in has been this awful asshole, fake Jesus, for at least 50 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is nothing new. This is absolutely yeah. nothing new. Go back. I did a, a post about about. All the candidates who've gone down to Liberty University to kiss yep. Jerry Falwell's ass, going back to Ronald Reagan. Right. The, the, the people they have tolerated in the name of political expedience who right. pretend to be God-loving and are actually Absolutely. monsters. Absolutely. And now all of these chickens are coming home to roost. They're blotting out the sun. One of the things that Nikki Haley tried to do, I found to be uh, incredibly adorable and stupid, which was... She was trying to do with the 2003 Republican base exactly what Lindsey Graham was trying to do in 2009 or 10 to the teabag Republican base. Explain how the U.S. Senate actually works. <laughs> and we learned this from the Keith Olbermann podcast because he remembers this exact thing. And I, I kind of remember it too. Lindsey Graham back in 2009 or 10 in front of a screaming lunatic crowd that wanted to know why he wasn't doing And they were throwing a fit. And he started explaining how the U.S. Senate works and staring out at an audience of blank cow dumb stares. Clearly, they have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. So he backs up. He says, okay, who can tell me how many people there are in the U.S. Senate? And out of 300 people in the audience, one guy in the back, sir, is it 100? So yeah, it's 100. Way to go, man. Give yourself a gold star. It's 100. There are 100 people in the U.S. Senate. Now, who can tell me how many of those people are Republicans? They're like, well, is it 75? Is it 100? Is it 150? Is it 1,000? And, and Graham says, no, it's 40. We're the minority. To get anything done, we need to be the majority or we need to work in cooperation with the Democratic majority. And the crowd was outraged. Yeah. Like, Do something about it right now. Why, didn't you, why aren't you fixing this, Lindsay? And, well, and the, and they did come up with a solution, which is we're going to elect Donald Trump and let him be a dictator. That's the solution. It's yeah. But the whole idea that you can explain how government works 
to a bunch of reprogrammable meatbags who, by definition, do not care how government works and tell you that to your face. And then on top of that, she's also trying to talk about Mitt Romney and reaching out to minorities and women. None of that's going to work. None of it. So great for you, Nikki. Try to you know run some ancient campaign for a bunch of people that don't give a shit about what you're talking about. But in a larger sense, this entire enterprise, the entire idea of debates like this is meaningless because debates as you and I, Blue Gal, and our friends, the League of Women Voters, once understood them are long, long dead. They are gone forever. And those are the old forms. These are the, the, the empty rituals of a dead religion where the old gods have died. And my, my author friend, Harlan Ellison, the late Harlan Ellison, uh, and Neil Gaiman in, in The American Gods has, have written about what happens when old gods die and new gods are born. The old gods of debates on television and radio with Nixon and, and Kennedy talking about K-Boy and Matsu and talking about the missile gap, those were making policy arguments on television in front of an audience that gave a damn about those things. Mm-hmm. The new god... This God, this debate God is all about making spicy 30 second clips for Fox News and for the rest of the mainstream media. And that's all it's about. That's all they care about. So what you were watching last night, what I watched last night wasn't a debate. It was an attempt to generate 30 second hits on Fox News for people who want to be Trump's vice president. And that's mm-hmm. all in front mm-hmm. of them. Um, I forget who um, uh, Tim Alberta, I think on Twitter today was talking about how it was a botched thing by the host. They botched the whole thing, but it wasn't because what they set this up to be was a gladiatorial contest with the mob screaming and people wanting blood and cheering on their heroes and booing Chris Christie when he said something mean. That's all it was. And that's that's all it's going to be for the next 15 months. So buckle up kids. It's going to be kind of a rough summer and an even rougher 2005. And I, I, I really think it all goes back to, I mean, we, we've talked many times about the Republican party being racist and terrible back yeah. to 1964, Yeah. but electing a black man oh. to the white house ended policy considerations for the Republican party permanently forever. It's now us and them. And then rent a woman after that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? run a Clinton, that Clinton chick, uh, and that broke their brain. Yeah. Except their brain was already broken. This is, it was, it was when the mask falls away, it was r- crazy racist grandpa on his third drink. Yeah. When yeah. It fi- he's been crazy. He's been racist all along, but now he's got enough beer in his belly or, or scotch in his belly to tell you what he really thinks about the colors. <laughs> and that's what Trump was. Yeah. He, he was there all along and they just let him out of the box. And now they're trying to figure out how to harness the energy and be like him but not pardon him. And and that's what made it such a, a joke because yeah. Trump was the only thing on the table and yep. Trump won this debate going away. Yep. Uh, we had a suggestion, Drift Glass, from a listener uh-huh. that uh, they suggested, have you thought of trying to write a both sides don't children's book? <laughs> I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I've thought about lots of possible children's books. But Yes, um, we've thought about writing books lots of times, and then we, we realize we will make nothing from it except right. a, a salve for our egos, and we really don't need that. So, <laughs> But I, I like the idea of illustrations for that would be oh, fun. Oh, that would be great. It would be fun to do it. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll think about that. Well, and I already kind of half had that book half written, which is Little Red State Fundy. Yeah. Yeah. From 2005, which is making me feel real old all of a sudden. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, let's do a news roundup. The Bidening continues. Uh, this kind of shocking story from ProPublica. 127,000 New York workers have been victims of wage theft. Mm-hmm. An analysis of federal and state databases sheds new light on the prevalence and scale of wage theft in New York restaurants and other industries, placing the total wages stolen in one five-year period at more than $203 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's people with money stealing money from people without money. Yep. People working barely at the minimum, below the minimum wage, really. That's just inexcusable. That's the point. Yep. Um. From an NBC News poll, a whopping two-thirds of Republican primary voters say they stand behind former President Donald Trump and dismiss concerns about his electability despite his recent criminal arrest, and sometimes today he's going to turn himself in, and other legal investigations into his past conduct. Uh, in, in more poll news from the Washington Post, Trump voters trust him more than they trust friends and family. That's because friends and family aren't speaking to them anymore. Because... Right. Grandpa had that third scotch, and he decided to hold forth about the colors. And yep. they and they and now he's doing it when he's sober, and that makes it intolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, one more poll item, just from CBS News: sixty-two percent of likely Republican voters said they'd renominate Trump for the two thousand twenty-four race today. The next closest rival is Ron DeSantis at sixteen percent. That's an old poll, Drift Glass. It is. I'd say <laughs> I'd say sixteen and falling fast. Yes, yes. Yeah. He didn't did not acquit himself well last night. From Ricky Davila, holy shit, Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee confirms that orange, orange Trader Trump's Fulton County criminal trial will, in fact, be televised for the world to see. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I, yeah. I, I, I'm afraid of everything at this point. <laughs> I am, too. Yeah. I Really, I don't know. Uh, all I know is I love you and I love our listeners in that order. And I take great comfort in knowing people like us are out there and where there's more of us than there are of them. That's all yeah. I that's all I have to say. And a comforting story, a story for all you space nerds out there. This week, India became the fourth country to land on the moon and the first on the moon's south pole. On Wednesday, the Chandrayaan-3 spacecraft successfully touched down on the lunar surface. Can you name the other three countries that have been to the moon or have faked a moon landing? <laughs> uh, we have. The yes. United States has landed on the moon. Yes, we have. Uh, well, now there's a difference. Man on the moon is yes. the U.S. and nobody else. Is that correct? Yeah. A touchdown on the moon means you've landed something there. That's Some all. satellite Some, or a robot, robot a or something. Yeah. You okay. Got there. So it's it's us, and then I think the Soviets did something, but yeah. back in the day, you are correct. And who else? Who else has giant rockets? China. China, China has giant rockets. It has yeah. to be China. But yeah. but China and the Soviet, the old Soviet Union, never put a person up there. Correct? Uh, no. That, that it's there's a big difference between landing on the moon, landing a person on the moon, and then landing on the moon and then coming back. You know, relaunching back into space. Yeah. Difficulty. Yeah. Because yeah. you gotta get back into and orbit. They've, they've almost I mean, we have lost astronauts, obviously. Yes, but we have. 
Apollo 1. Uh, Apollo yep. 13, they almost didn't make it home. Damn and then near. space shuttle exploded. And so it's not it's not all fun and games. No, it's a tricky business. But you know no. what? Another but, the, country... but what India put on the moon was an object. A, a space, a, a space a craft. craft. It okay. landed where they wanted it to land and it didn't explode. And, that and, and it was somewhere deal. where no one else has landed exactly. as far as the geography of the moon is concerned. They were able to land on South Pole. the South Pole of the moon. Maybe there's ice there. Maybe does there's the, some ice there. Does the moon rotate? Does it have a no. pole? No. Well, yeah, every, everything has a pole, but it's it's tidally locked into Earth. That's why it's oh, always okay. facing okay. the same way to Earth. Okay. See, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm learning all kinds of stuff here. All right. It has, it has a pole. Don't we all? Now, on the other end on, of the scientific on, spectrum. Hold on. Hold on. I had promised no more pole numbers. No more polling. <laughs> and there we go jumping into the south. I apologize from the bottom of my cold, dead lunar heart that I did that to you. Mm-hmm. And the other end of the scientific spectrum, Driftglass, the House yeah. Freedom Caucus. Yeah. Um, they are now threatening to shut down the government. Oh, really? Again? Uh, right. At the end of September, they may shut down the government. Kevin McCarthy, you know, their fearless leader. Yeah. Uh, he floated the idea of a stopgap bill last week. The ultra-conservative, you know, they, they're nothing. They, they have no belief system except disruption. No. So I, to call them conservative is kind of a misnomer. Uh, these House lawmakers, so to speak, are now demanding that any short-term spending bill increase the number of border patrol agents, require mm. Homeland Security Secretary to resume building the border wall, address the unprecedented weaponization of the Justice Department and FBI, and end woke Defense Department policies. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, my, my shiny uh, and ass. otherwise, they're going to shut down the government and brag about it. I'm figuring about 41 seats in the House will be lost by them next November. Doesn't matter. They'll still be in the majority because there's over a thousand people in the house and everyone knows. Thousand people in the house and we have over seven hundred and fifty. Seven hundred of them. There's like there's like Lauren Borber told me there's like a million people in the house and we're in charge of everything. Matt Matt Gates has time to substitute host on Newsmax. Yeah, he might need it because you know, gotta have that have that have that second job lined up. It's always a good idea to have that second job. Uh, the just speaking of people who've made bad decisions in their life. The Justice Department is seeking between 27 and 33 years in federal prison in the cases of four proud boys convicted of, say it with me now, seditious Seditious conspiracy. conspiracy. That's right. Trump agreed to a $200,000 bond in the Georgia criminal case. Uh, And here's the other thing he agreed to. Trump agreed to, quote, perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or her to be a co-defendant or witness in this case or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice, unquote. This includes on social media and explicitly includes, quote, posts on social media or reposts of posts made by another individual on social media. Two of Trump's co-defendants, John Eastman and Kenneth Cheesebro, both agreed to a $100,000 bond. Kenneth Cheesebro uh, invoked his right to a speedy trial, apparently yeah. trying to call her bluff, Bonnie Willis. And Bonnie Willis went, oh, you want a speedy trial? How about a speedy trial for everybody? Uh-huh. And so Bonnie is suggesting a trial date of October 23rd for all of the defendants. You know what? That'd be a hell of a birthday present for this guy. 
you know. It would. It would. Just, just you, you're, you and Junior Dude, because uh-huh. his birthday is the 21st and yours is the 30th. And my brother's is the 10th. So there's oh a whole goodness. lot of people who do October really... trial for yeah. everybody in Georgia on TV. On TV? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got to get another bottle of mellow corn whiskey for you that. You do. You definitely do. Uh, and speaking of John Eastman, this is part of his statement to the media. Quote, I'm here today to surrender to an indictment that should never have been brought. Blah, blah, blah. It represents a crossing of the Rubicon for our country, implicating the fundamental First Amendment right to petition the government for redress of grievances, unquote, bullshit. You did it 61 times. You had all your grievances redressed. They all fell flat. And so you decided to overthrow the government, which supersedes your right as a First Amendment person. A key witness in Trump's classified documents case retracted his prior false testimony. What? Oh, no. That can't oh, be good. I remembered a whole bunch of stuff all of a sudden. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, this witness implicated Trump and others in the obstruction of justice after switching lawyers. Yusko Tavares, his legal expenses were previously paid for by Trump's Save America PAC small donors. Uh, He initially testified to a grand jury that he was unaware of any effort at Mar-a-Lago to delete security footage after hiring a new lawyer from the Federal Defender's Office in Washington in early July. Tavares, described as Trump employee four in court documents, all of a sudden changed his testimony, Your Honor. Oopsie doopsie. Yep. And uh, detailed the alleged effort by Trump, Carlos de Oliveira, and Walt Nauta to tamper with evidence. Yeah. Because uh, I'm telling my new lawyer that I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. Uh, so the National Archives searched his memory and discovered a whole <laughs> bunch of new things that he hadn't mentioned before. Yep. The former chairman of the Georgia Republican Party and one of the 19 co-defendants in the election interference case claimed that he acted at the direction of Donald John Trump. Rudy Giuliani was spotted walking into a second chance bail bonds in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a tough transition because this story is really sad and really yeah. upsetting. And and we rearranged the list here so that Driftglass would read this instead of Blue Gal because yeah. Blue Gal can't read this. Right. Uh, this is from the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Uh, quote, beloved business owner shot and killed for displaying a rainbow flag. On Friday, August 18th, Laura Ann Carlton, 66, was tragically killed in an act of anti-LGBTQ plus and gun violence. The incident took place in Lake Arrowhead, a popular destination 90 minutes east of Los Angeles and just outside of Lori's retail shop, Magpie. The beloved store owner was shot after an altercation with a passerby who disparaged the LGBTQ pride flag hanging outside of her store. The armed suspect was found later that day by authorities and died during a confrontation with local law enforcement. Lori is survived by her husband, Bort Carlton, and their blended family of nine children. Although she did not identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community, she was a vocal ally and an unwavering in her support of inclusion and acceptance. May her memory be a rallying cry, rest in power. Mm-hmm. And a blessing to her family. Yes, yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I have no other words. Georgia GOP lawmakers looking to sanction Fulton DA Fannie Willis after she brought criminal charges against Trump 
are eyeing a new law that creates a state commission with power to sanction or oust prosecutors found to be neglecting their duties. Yeah, just set up a new commission to overthrow the stuff you don't like. Uh, the South Carolina Supreme Court upheld a ban on most abortion after roughly six weeks of pregnancy. So They reversed no. themselves after the one woman on the Supreme Court retired. Yeah, oopsie. Because they couldn't look at her and do it. But now that she's gone, it's Now there's cool. all men. Yeah. Yevgeny Prigozhin, leader of the Wagner Group, died in a business jet crash in Russia. People are surprised this didn't happen earlier. Mm-hmm. You fly business and, class, uh, that's what happens, you know? They, yep. And we've already told you about sweaty corn. Yes, sweaty corn has already been mentioned. So that's all the local news we have for you today. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Emma. And Emma was emailed to me, I hate to say this, in 2015. Sometimes emails get buried, and that's what happened, and I'm very sorry about that. Uh, Emma eats freshly poured pet food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store direct, your pets will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Emma. Emma is a beautiful kitty sitting in the kitchen, uh, I think bathroom sink in this picture. And you can visit her at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, prolevpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write to us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag fire to joy. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based, definitely iced beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. We love doing this podcast. We appreciate so much your 5 and $10 patrons. It's uh, patreon.com slash podcast. Please help us if you can. And please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, get someone else to listen to. And thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties think once you've gone after rescue dogs, you've gone too far. Hey, let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2023, DGBG Productions.